Andrew Flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. We're back with another night of Mets player development news. Not a ton of games tonight. Uh, we'll start off by telling you that the Port St. Lucie game was postponed because of weather. That game will be resumed tomorrow. But let's start off talking about the Syracuse Mets who lost 14-2 to the Buffalo Bisons. Biggest notes from that game, Luke Ritter hit his 27th home run of the season, 13th the Triple A, and Ronnie Mauricio two for four with no strikeouts. Vito, we closed, uh, first of all, good morning. Vito, what's your energy level at right now? One to Dude, ten. Where's the energy level at? I'm at a ten all the time, and you know that. Vito has one speed and one speed only. It is 123 in the morning. We actually woke up bright and early. No, we're... we're we don't wake up. We're still awake from the uh, from the night before. But um, we're gonna keep yeah. the energy up. We're gonna we're gonna power through this one. A lot a lot of good stuff to talk about. So I'm glad to hear you're a ten. I'm an eleven, Vito. How about that right now? How about that? Oh, you had a one up me, man. You, now that now I just feel like I look bad. No, 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 no. You look great right now. Maybe one day we'll do one of these on cameras, one of these nightly updates, and you'll see uh, you'll see uh, you'll a, a peek behind the curtain. What's going on <laughs> on a nightly basis? But anyway. Uh, we ended uh, two episodes ago talking about Luke Ritter and his quest for 30 home runs on the season. And I want to take it back because I feel like that's just not setting the bar where it should be, honestly. Like Luke Ritter's got 27 now on the season, 14 at double A, now 13 with triple A. Let's go for 35, right? Like, what are we talking about? 30 with 28 games left for the Syracuse Mets. 30 is like, come on, let's shoot for 35 here. Let's set some, let's set some lofty goals. Let's take a page out of Jet Williams' book. We'll talk more about Jet Williams in a little bit. But, yeah, Luke Ritter just continues the breakout season. One of the most prolific power hitters in the Mets organization all year. Parks another one on Wednesday as he continues his fantastic 2023. Yeah, I mean, Luke Ritter all year, we've just been saying it's been amazing to watch his journey just really turning out to be quite the prospect. Uh, I say that pretty much on a nightly basis. Just every year, I feel like the Mets have a few of these stories. And it's just a thing you see in minor league baseball where somebody you did not expect to show up the way they did just goes out there and has an incredible season. Um, let's talk about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies who beat the New Hampshire Fisher Cats 4-2. to two. And before we get into this, Vito, did you do the reading? I did do the reading and my mind was blown to see that a Fisher cat is not a fish. We both went way too towards the fish aspect of this last night, and we did not think of the aspect that this was a cat. Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea either, but I knew when I woke up this morning, I had a few things on my to-do list for today, and one of them was learn what in the H-E double hockey sticks a Fisher cat is, and the second one is to uh, read more about trapper keepers and just what the what the big deal is. What's the deal with Trapper Keepers? It's a Jerry Seinfeld reference. That is. Um, so. I, I do need to say, I just called it a cat. It is not actually a cat. It's not in the cat family. It is an animal, a, though. It is a monospecific genus named a Pekengia. A Fisher cat is also something that does not want to have to deal with one Tyler Stewart because Tyler Stewart has been dominant against the Fisher Cats since the start of August. It was his second start against New Hampshire in the month. And Tyler Stewart has thrown 13 innings against those Fisher Cats, hasn't allowed a single run. And, of course, that includes his six scoreless innings on Wednesday night, allowed just two hits, no walks, six strikeouts, retired the last 12 he faced. So Tyler Stewart right back on track after a rough start 
couple outings ago, Tyler Stewart shuts down the Fisher Cats. And he's really been good in his last two starts. If you go back to Portland, back on August 16th, it was an abbreviated start. Of course, of course he is now approaching an innings uh, territory he's never approached before in his baseball life. You combine those two starts, nine innings, just three runs and five hits with 12 strikeouts. So really, really good stuff from Tyler Stewart. But what else do we expect from the tall right-hander? Another guy we got to talk about who's just been off to an insane start with the Rumble Ponies is Luis Angel Acuna, who went three for four with a walk and an RBI. And following that was a Drew Gilbert sack fly that scored Sanger to make it 2-0. This is Acuna's second three-hit game with the Rumble Ponies. So you pair that with a little bit of Tyler Stewart. You add in a Drew Gilbert accoutrement, and I mean the boys are just off, and there's still more players to talk about tonight. Yeah, and I'll give you another one about Acuna. You look at his last six games alone, he has reached safely in half of his 28 plate appearances, so he's getting on base, always a threat whenever he's on base, and you know that has to affect opposing pitchers, definitely taking away some of the attention from the hitter at the plate. I mean, if you're a pitcher and, and Luis Angel Acuna's on first base and Drew Gilbert's in the batter's box or Jeremiah Jackson, who homered again for the Rumble Ponies, is in the batter's box, you're not able to, to focus solely on trying to get that batter out. You have to worry about Luis Angel Acuna at all times. He is that kind of player. Jet Williams is like that as well, where he just causes such havoc for the other team in so many ways, and he's been doing that especially of late in the last six games. And you have to worry about him stealing bases because he has that bet with his brother, so you know it's always on his mind because he needs that five grand cash money. (laughs) Who knows who's going to win that? Ronald had himself a nice uh, series those last three games, but regardless, I mean, Luis on hell is going to probably finish the year with 50 steals. Let's see where he's at right now on the season. We know that he has nine since joining the Mets organization. The quick baseball reference search does me justice. He, Oh, he's already at 50. He's at 52. He actually has 10 now since joining the Mets. So he could be looking at a 60 stolen base season. That's some serious stuff. That's uh, you know, once you, once you start talking 40, that's serious business. So Acuna does so much. He also plays great defense, and it plays it at a premium position. Shortstop, of course, second base. And many believe he could be a center fielder as well. The athleticism is that good. So the total package, and he's really been showing off all the tools in the last week. And another guy who we have an interview coming out with soon. Well, I don't know why I said another guy that we have. We did not have an interview come out with Luis Angel Acuna. We did have an interview come out with Tyler Stewart. We did have one with Drew Gilbert. So I guess we do. But another guy that had a nice night, Jeremiah Jackson, blasted a solo home run with one out to make it 4-0. That marks Jackson's fourth home run with Binghamton and his 19th overall this season, John. And guess what? That means it's an eight-game hitting streak for Jeremiah. So I'm not sure he's going to need that future of flushing bump we give to him on Tuesday, but maybe it'll keep him chug, 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 chugging along. That was that was one more chugs than I expected. I thought you were going to go three chugs there. You went at least four. I'm going to listen back tomorrow. It might have been five, honestly. I'm just but trying still, to stay awake. <laughs> more chugs than I expected. But, uh, yeah, Jeremiah Jackson, he's really been effective, especially getting on base. He's now played 18 games as a member of the Rumble Pony. He's reached safely in 17 of those games. And we talked about the power when the trade went down. You and I had the reaction episode talking about all the new acquisitions by the Mets during that trade deadline period. And Jackson's a guy who his first immediate uh, introduction of pro ball in the Pioneer League back in 2019, he tied the Pioneer League record 
for home runs with 26. So the power has never been a question. It's just been about refining the skills, laying off the pitches that he shouldn't be chasing, you know, hunting his pitch, hunting the fastballs, knowing when the breaking pitch is coming, knowing when a pitcher is going to throw a certain pitch in a certain count and being able to be ready for that pitch and pounce and do damage. And he's done just that. So Jackson also, like Acuna, another guy that plays up the middle, another guy who's versatile, another guy that hits for a lot of power, another guy to be extremely, extremely excited about. That's all there is to it. So great to see Jeremiah Jackson keeping that up and uh, looking forward to more of it over the next uh, coming weeks. And, you know, you keep using the, the term hunted and hunting. I think you should ter- use the term trapping because it's almost like they were trapping the Fisher cats, an animal that has been trapped for years and years for their fur, a very popular fur to be trapped and pelted. The Fisher cat. Like they make jackets out of Fisher cats. Is that what you're saying? Uh, they're, they're, they're a big target for fur farmers. So I think there's a lot of purposes for their furs. You know, I don't know how popular Fisher cat jackets are, but Fisher cat fur seems to be a hot commodity. I feel like fur coats are not that popular anymore. Like I remember my mom, my mom used to rock one. She still has it, I'm sure. My grandma back in the day had one. But I don't know. I feel I feel like it was a very Fran Dreschner, like Fran the Nanny kind of vibe. Fran Drescher. Yeah, that's what I said. You uh, said Dreschner. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I'm not going to rip on you for not knowing Fran Dreschner's name. I'm I just should know Fran. You. I mean, I, I probably should. I mean, it's I know great show. Is. I just put an N in there. Yeah, you, know? you just put you just put you just put an N in there, but um Ryan Gosling wore a pretty sick fur jacket in the Barbie movie. And um yeah, I love the Barbie see movie. That on, on a daily that's a movie, it's Hollywood. You gotta see that movie, dude. You have a daughter. No, but I'm not saying you don't see the movie. I'm saying you don't see the fur coat as much. Oh as no, you I was used just bringing to. up that he had a fur coat in the movie yeah. and that it's a fun little story. When you see the movie, you'll see that there's like a reason he wears the jacket and um I was made to feel pretty bad that I was like, man, Ryan Gosling looks pretty cool right now because that was not the point they were trying to get across at that point of the film. Well, that's a real cliffhanger for me, Vito. But um, once they release it for me to be able to watch it in the comfort of my own couch, then I'll watch it. (laughs) Well, then I ain't buying until then. You know what you can enjoy? You can enjoy watching Brendan Hardy play for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies because he just made his double A debut and he just made his Vito's really awkward segue debut. Another note from tonight for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Daniel Juarez came into the game in the seventh inning with the bases loaded and one out. He got Phil Clark to fly out. Will Robertson to pop out to end the inning. And then in the eighth, Juarez worked around a single and a walk with no outs to end that inning unscathed. He's got a 2.37 ERA this season. So, I mean, he's just he's just having a phenomenal year, John, and I just want to go to bed soon. Yeah, Juarez has been great. So we'll wrap things up with the Rumble Ponies here, but I want to leave it at this right now. The up-to-date Eastern League Northeast standings. Somerset Patriots, they're in first place. They won the first half. They've already punched their ticket. They cannot take two playoff spots. So if Somerset holds on to first place in the division, second place will get that second postseason spot. And right now, as things stand, Rumble Ponies with the win on Wednesday, they improved to 24-22. and They have a game and a half lead over the Portland Sea Dogs for that playoff spot. So the Ponies playoff push is in full effect right now. Things are looking great. And the Rumble Ponies are throwing an ace out almost every single night. Tyler Stewart, Dominic Camel, Christian Scott's on the shelf right now. Luis Moreno. Every night, Blade Tidwell. 
no matter what night of the week it is, the Rumble Ponies have a chance to win because this pitching rotation is so deep, because this lineup, one through nine, is so deep, because they defend well. They run the bases well. They do so many things well, and it shows off right now with the, uh, with the standings. You take a look. Two games over 500 right now. They control their own destiny to play some postseason baseball. And they're only a game and a half back from the Somerset Patriots. They have that one and a half game lead on the Portland Sea Dogs, and they are only a game and a half back. So, you know, could swing either way. Let's now move on to another team that's looking to play some postseason baseball, and that's the Brooklyn Cyclones, who suffered a tough loss on Tuesday night. They scored nine runs but couldn't hold on to a big lead. Wasn't the case on Wednesday. They put up 12 runs in a 12-5 to victory. So let's kick this off talking about Felipe De La Cruz, who his last start with the Port St. Lucie Mets, he struck out a career-high 10. That earned him a promotion to Brooklyn. He made a Cyclones debut on Wednesday night, and the lefty was really good, turned in a quality start. Six innings, three earned runs, six strikeouts, five hits. Big number here. He had 18 whiffs in his high A debut. That's a nice number. For context, he had 21 whiffs in that 10 strikeout game. So the swing and miss stuff on full display for uh, Felipe De La Cruz, who looked like he didn't skip a beat. Very similar to Jet Williams going from low A to high A and just continuing the dominant ways. And that's a great time to bring up Jet Williams because the truth is tonight, like most nights, was the Jet Williams show. Jet went three for five with a walk and four RBIs. And John, why don't you go a little more in-depth on this 10-game hitting streak with Jet? I'm going to say this slash line. I'm going to say these numbers when I was typing them out before, when I was looking to see exactly what the numbers were going to come out to over the 10 game hitting streak. And I saw them. My first reaction was these are video game numbers. These don't make sense. During his 10 game hitting streak, he is hitting 421. He has an on base percentage of 532. And the slugging percentage, if I told you it was 500, you'd say, oh, yeah, that's good. If I told you it was 600, you'd say, oh, yes. That's really good. If I told you it was 700, you'd say, now nah, you're just being silly. But it's none of them. He's slugging 816 during the 10-game hitting streak with nine extra base hits, nine RBIs, nine walks to just seven strikeouts, and four stolen bases. He has a total now of 40 stolen bases on the season. I said video game numbers. I was not joking. Jet Williams is just, he's, he's breaking my brain with the things that he does every single night. I don't know what to say anymore about this guy. It's just fun to talk about Jet. It's fun to watch Jet. And you've heard about Austin 316, but I'm just going to start screaming Jet 816 because it sounds fun. But yeah, man, Jet Williams is so much fun to watch. And it's, uh, it's just a very exciting Mets prospect that you hear a lot of people talking about and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just insane to watch. But what's not insane to watch is Kevin Parada returning from that injury in his first came back, his first hit since that ankle injury, scorching a two-run double down the left field line to cut that Cyclones deficit down to 4-3. And what a big moment it was for him. Yeah, I mentioned it last night. Parada returning back to the Cyclones lineup at the perfect time. Is this team, just like the Rumble Ponies, push for a playoff spot, and you know there's a lot more of that to come. Parada was red hot before he suffered the ankle injury, so starting to uh, find find his ways as he gets back in the swing of things with the Cyclones in his second game back 
Another guy with another big night, that's Stanley Consuegra. Just like Jet Williams, we found ourselves mentioning Consuegra a lot of late. He had a big go-ahead homer in the fifth inning. That home run was a historic one for Consuegra. He is now the Brooklyn Cyclones' all-time home run king. It was his 23rd homer as a member of the Cyclones. That puts him past another pretty big bopper, Francisco Alvarez. Alvarez hit 22 home runs for the Cyclones. But Consuegra, he's been hitting them in bunches lately. That's now seven homers in his last 16 games as he stays hot. The Cyclones over these last two nights, they put up a total of 21 runs through the first two games of this series. So told you about where things stand with Binghamton in the Northeast North Division and the Eastern League North Division, I should say. In the South Atlantic North Division, Brooklyn just one game back of Jersey Shore for first place in the second half standings. Of course, the winner of the division, they will earn a postseason spot along with the first half winner, the Hudson Valley Renegades. So the Cyclones right there. They are right now on a really long road trip. Um, Wednesday was game two of a six-game series in Asheville. They'll be off on Monday of next week, and then they will go to Greenville for a six-game series. We'll then close out the regular season by hosting the Wilmington Blue Rocks for six games. So Cyclones have, uh, just like we said with the Rumble Ponies, the future, the destiny, it's in their hands. And uh, all, or excuse me, eight of the nine starters on Wednesday got hits. So everyone's hitting the lineups hot. And the Brooklyn Cyclones, they are in a prime position to play some postseason baseball here. John, I only have one thing to say before we get out of here, and it's a question for you. What do you think about the name, the Asheville Tourists? So have you seen the logo? Okay. I, the thing is, I love the logo. The logo is cool, but all right. So what do I think about the, the name, the Asheville yeah, I'm Tourists? I'm asking just the name, not the logo. The logo is sick. The logo is everything we love about Florida, Mr. Met, and more. But we're just talking strictly Asheville Tourists, the name. There's, there's got to be something to it. I don't know if, like, Asheville, North Carolina has some sort of a, a rich history of tourism. You know, like, they named the Brooklyn Cyclones the Cyclones because the roller coaster. Um, I'm assuming that there's some connection. This might be the homework for tomorrow's episode. Is... I mean, I'm looking it up right now on a very bare-bones way on their Wikipedia page, and I don't really see anything other than the fact that, like, they've been referred to as the tourist dating back to 1915 but i i don't there's i don't see a reason there's got to be some historic meaning I, I know it their logo's a moon so like i just don't even get how the moon and taurus are oh, related maybe it's okay maybe it's like taurus like the sign like a taurus well, it's not that spelled that way so that would be ridiculous no, i know but maybe like over time people were mispronouncing it and then it just became the tourists I mean, you're, I think you're giving them too much credit. I I'm, I refuse to. I'm kind of mad at them. I don't know. Maybe I'm just cranky because I'm a sleepy little boy. But Well, I think that this is something that we should look into for tomorrow. We'll come up with an answer. And tomorrow, you won't only hear about where the name the Asheville Taurus came from. You will also get a full in-depth recap of the FCL Mets who take on the FCL Braves in the one-game semifinal the FCL Mets have home field throughout the postseason. They're playing this game in the stadium at Clover Park. It's going to be a huge day. We're all rooting for the FCL Mets. Very talented team. 
32 and 18 during the regular season, but now it all boils down to nine innings, and those big nine innings happen on Thursday afternoon. And it's free admission for fans. It's a really fun day at the ballpark. So if you're in the area, go watch the game. Go support the FCL Mets. We've been talking about them all year. We started referring to them. We referred to them as the 27 Yankees once uh, about a week ago. And you know what? Let's just stick with it. Go watch the boys, and we'll see you in the future. And I think FCL stands for freaking can't lose. Let's go, FCL Mets. Yeah.